You're too young a child to be working all day in that hot sun. Oh, I'm all right, Mother. I'm awful thirsty, though. I'm going to get a drink. No, let me get it for you. Both of you sit down and rest. I know you must be tired. Yes, I'm awful tired. I'm tired, too. Just a minute till I put some ice in it for you, girl. They see my head. Oh, it's yeah. hot. Here we are. My goodness, what's that you have all over your face? Oh, we've got that the road made some blackberries. Oh. Oh, yeah, I noticed eating them the other day. Eat them every day? Uh-huh. I bet we ate almost a bushel today. I sure was thirsty. That water tasted good. Yeah, I thought it would be. That long walk and those blackberries are bound to make you thirsty. Oh, I feel swell now. Thanks a lot, Mother. Now, I want you girls to go lie down for a little while till your father gets home. Try and get a nap, Lucy. All right, I'll try, Mother. Oh, George, I'm so glad you're home. I've sent for Dr. Ross. The girls are terribly sick. Sick? So they were all right this morning. What's the matter with them? I don't know. Oh, why doesn't that doctor get here? Lucy? How's all this about? Oh, Daddy, I'm terrible. Why do you feel worse? My stomach. It feels like there's a knife in it. It hurts here? Oh, oh, please don't touch it. It feels like I just can't stand it. Where's Dorothy? She's in the next room. I wouldn't have killed her. She ain't as sick as you. When did you get sick, actually? Well, about half an hour ago. It was just sudden. I got frightened and called the doctor right away. I can't understand it. Neither can I. What's it been Well, they ate some blackberries on the way home from bean picking. Blackberries wouldn't make them this sick. What did you eat for lunch, Ruth? I don't know. I can't think of anything but this awful pain. Well, the doctor will be here in a minute. Tell him to hurry. Please tell him to I hurry. I'm coming now. Yes, he is. Well, the girls were taking six about half an hour ago. They ate a lot of blackberries. Well, that doesn't sound serious. You get to be a pretty big girl to have stomach trouble, Ruthie. Please do something for me, doctor. My stomach, it hurts so terribly. Well, I never do. I have to find out what the trouble is in a hurry. Let's hold this a moment in your mouth for a second or two. We'll be in the next room with Dorothy, doctor. I'll be in the room. Thank <laughs> you. 
I'm going to call the doctor. Daddy, you think I'm delirious? No, darling. I know what you mean. And you've got to as well. I wouldn't have anything to do for it. Don't worry about it, doctor. And I think these nurses have a touch of summer complaints. A hot sun, eating all those blackberries, and then the ice water. You shouldn't have given ice water to them on a hot day like this, Mrs. Oh, I'm sorry, doctor. I didn't realize it had hurt you. Of course not. Well, you just take Dorothy's part. George, I thought you said Dorothy wasn't as ill as Ruth. Agnes said she wasn't. Well, she was quieter. She didn't seem to be. Dorothy's a very sick girl, and I can't understand it. Oh, George. I'm afraid Dorothy is going to die. She used to be a teacher. Say a prayer for her. Yes, of course. Dr. Roth, where's she? I'm a man of medicine, George. There's nothing else I can do. Oh, Lord. Our gracious Father in heaven. Surely it cannot be thy divine will that this child should be taken from us. Thou said that only the child shall be entered the kingdom of heaven. But thou knowest my need for companionship and solace. Oh, my gracious mercy, thou canst spare these lives. Amen. Hear the plea of thy servant who begs thy bended knee. Thy will be done. I weep, O oh Lord. But do not visit my sins upon my daughter. Tell them to me. In that strange, stirring ritual, Dorothy Bedford fell off to sleep with the throbbing of their droning voices in her ears. The girl did not die, but in the following week, Dr. Ross was confronted with the most formidable puzzle of his professional career. That the girls became human barometers, suffering acutely one day and gaining ground the next, until the position was completely baffled. And then on Saturday, September 4th. Well, here we are, Irene. Well, you're just in time, Mr. Bedford. Dinner's all good. Where's Mr. Bedford? Agnes is bringing some more groceries from the car. Oh. The girls all right? Yes, they seem to get better every minute. Oh, my, but it does a body good that she's been sitting up again. Even in bed. Hello, Irene. How are the girls? Oh, just fine, Mrs. Bedford. I uh, just gave them their dinner. I wasn't sure when you'd get home, but I got them some soda pop. Oh, Ruth eats a farm of it. Now, that was real nice. Now, you can just go in and sit down, and I'll put dinner on the table. Uh, you can talk to the girls afterwards. Yes, I got you to stay with the girls all the way, can I? Well, I was glad to do what I could. Enough. It certainly was a relief to get out in the sunshine. Well, I should think so. To sit up day and night with those children for a week. Why, it's a wonder you weren't in bed. This is truly a Thanksgiving dinner, Agnes. Mm, yes. Thanksgiving Day won't compare with this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not what I'd call a fancy dinner, but, well, I don't think it'll poison anybody. Here's the dinner, Agnes. Because of this food, thou knowest our hearts are overflowing with gratitude for thy mercy in restoring the health of our beloved children. To thee we give all praise and Amen. Amen. Uh, George. Yes, Aggie? I think I'll take the soda pop into the girls now. They'll enjoy it with their dinner. All right. Tell them I'll be in in two minutes. The ways of your own night are sometimes very mysterious, Aggie. Goodness, yes. But I'm going to justify our faith. Our faith, yes. But why should innocent children suffer? No, I don't know. I just don't. 
I guess nobody ever did explain that. No. Uh, no. I'm just a single-minded farmer who never should have tried to be an evangelist. I, uh, I wonder what's taking Agnes so long. Agnes! Agnes, hurry up. Your dinner's getting cold. I'll be right with you. Go ahead and eat. I'll be right back. Hello, Mother. Hello, Ruthie. Look what I brought you from town. Oh, goody. Soda pop. This is a treat. Yes, I thought you'd like it. I guess I must be all well now if I can drink this. Oh, yes, you'll be up and around in a few days. Mother, you've been so nice and so kind to me since I've been sick. Well, only done what any real mother would. Mother, come down to sleep with me tonight. I want to talk to you. Certainly she can, Lucy. I'll bring her in right now. And then I want you to try to go to sleep. You're still not very strong. All right. I'll try, Mother. Send me an ambulance. I don't know the number. Hurry. My girls are dying. Hurry. George, I think you and your wife better come in. Doctor's here in the hospital, and I work practically, but we don't know what it is. Doctor? Oh, it's Ruth. I'm afraid Ruth is beyond human health. Oh, no, no. Quiet, quiet. <sighs> Her suffering is over. My daughter. My daughter. Oh, oh, Dr. Lawrence, oh. please come out of the corridor. Oh, oh, oh. Doctor, I've got to be brave so we can save Dorothy. If you know what killed Ruth, do you think you could save Dorothy's life? Possibly, yes. Then I want an autopsy on Ruth to see what can be done. An autopsy? Yeah. There's something wrong about all this. Something terribly wrong. I think you're right, Mrs. Bedford. Absolutely right. And I'll order an odyssey at once. Agnes Bedford's host was a Dorothy died in sickening torture a few hours later. And then came a chemical analysis report that reverberated across the county like thunder. Dr. Frank Minnie of the Oregon Medical School stated that Ruth and Dorothy Bedford died of arsenical poisoning. The report sent Sheriff Miller Calhoun and Captain Clyde Warren of the state police rushing to the Bedford farm. Yes, I know it's shocking news, Mrs. Bedford, but it's got to be faced. So it was arsenic poison. Certainly was. Well, that sort of confirms an idea I didn't want to mention before. It might have sounded foolish. What idea was that? Well, a blackberry patch. You see, the first time the girls showed any sign of illness, they'd eaten a lot of blackberries from some bushes down the road on Clyde Rossman's place. From what I know now, they had all the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. Fever, nausea, and thirst. I don't see the connection, Miss Bedford. I'm getting to that. Just the day before, Clyde had been spraying his potato patch right next to the berries with arsenic solution. I saw the white clouds rolling over the field from the sprayer. I tell you, Sheriff, those blackberries were poisoned. What do you know about that? We were much obliged, Miss Bedford. You take a look at that patch right now. It may give us the answer to this. Yeah. Won't take me long to find out if that's where they got poisoned. We'll let you know what we find, Miss Bedford. Oh, thank you, Sheriff. 
And there's the field. Let's cut across the yard. All right. Well, Warren, what do you think? I don't know what I do think. But I know what I don't. I don't think you could get enough arsenic on blackberries from another field to kill anybody. I'll admit it doesn't sound logical. Yeah. Plenty of things happen in our business that no reasoning can explain. Yeah. Well, here's the bushes. We'll take some berries and have them analyzed. Some of those potato vines in the next field. Yeah, those berries sure look good. They make me hungry. You better say you're hungry until we got to town. No, no. I can't wait that long. And I don't feel like waiting that long for a test tube to tell us they're not poisoned. Well, here goes the evidence. Hey, don't eat those berries. Too late now. You got a human test tube. Well, that took a lot of nerve. What do we do now? That is, after you leave the doctor's office. No, I'm not going to a doctor. Tomorrow, when I'm still very much alive, we'll start working on this case. Okay, Warren. That's the way it is. You see what you can pick up from the neighbors. If the family had any enemies or if there was any discontent in the home and that sort of thing. I'll contact the out-of-town people, Bedford's former wife and her relatives. Yeah. And then? Then we'll start canvassing the drug stores to see who bought poison recently. Yeah, maybe we ought to do that first. No, that's a long, hard job. Anybody that bought poison for this wouldn't give the right name. And they certainly wouldn't get it where they're known. Yeah, that's right. Besides, arsenic is indestructible. It never disappears. And neither does the record of its sale. So you didn't get much out of Bedford's neighbors, huh? No, not much. The small farm settlement, and they all know each other too well. The impression I got was that Agnes Bedford wasn't very well liked, but her husband was so well thought of, and nobody wants to say anything against her. That doesn't mean much. Oh, I did find out that the two girls ran away from home once. They did? Yeah. Did you question the Bedford about that? No. It's a pretty touchy subject. I thought I'd find out what you had first. Well, I covered a lot of drug stores in Columbia County. Didn't get a thing. But as long as we're here, we'll stop in at the local store and glance over the poison register. What about Bedford's first wife? No, nothing there. Her brother acted kind of funny, though. Well, who's he? His name's Floyd Grayton. He raved around about the police not having a murderer in jail by this time. Said he was going to the town where Agnes Bedford had lived with her first husband ten years ago. So what? Well, he said when he came back, he might have something to tell me. If I don't hear from him in a few days, I'll look up that angle. Well, here's the drug store. You know, it's too close to the settlement to live in it. Come on, Mr. Sheriff. How can I do for you? Hi. We'd like to look at your poison register. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Come on back, Fred. Yeah. All right. What are you looking for? Just a little sale of arsenic. Oh, sell lots of it. Farmers use it for bugs and environments. You don't happen to remember anybody from around Yanktown buying any recently, do you? Sure. Mrs. Bedford bought some. Huh? She did? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it is. Bought on September 4th. Signed, Agnes June Bedford. Uh, I told her it was mighty dangerous stuff to have around food or children. September 4th? That was after the children were taken sick. Yeah, that was the day they died. At least you didn't try to conceal the purchase. Come on, Warren. We've got some questions to ask Mrs. Bedford. <laughs> Bedford, we'd like to look around your house, if you don't mind. We're certain the children were poisoned by something stronger than tainted berries. 
And it must have come from here. Why, certainly, Sheriff. Go right ahead and look. Oh, uh, by the way, you bought some arsenic shortly before the girl died, didn't you? That's right. I still have the box. I'll show you where I keep it. But the children didn't even know I had it, and they were in bed all the time. Where did you keep it? In the cellar. Come on, I'll show you. All right. been down here all the time. I never had a chance to use any of it in the garden. Here it is, up on this shelf. Well, now let's see. Well, the box is open and there's quite a bit missing. You said you didn't use any of it. No, it, it fell off the shelf accidentally when I reached for something else and the lid came off. Some of the powder spilled out, so I pressed it up and poured it down a drain outside the house. Well, that was the right thing to do. If you don't mind, Miss Dudson, we'll just take this box along with it. It's thinking, sir. I'm more than willing to do anything I can to help you. Thank you. I'm glad to know we can depend on that. A few days later, Floyd Grayson, uncle of the two girls, waited to see Sheriff Calhoun. Oh, Sheriff, the uncle of the girls is here. He says he's got something to tell you that may help you solve this case. Okay, let's talk to him, huh? Will you come in here, Mr. Grayson? All right, sir. This is Sheriff Calhoun. Howdy, Mr. Baker. I hear you've got some information about this Bedford case for us. Well, I think so, Sheriff Calhoun. It's more about Agnes Bedford than it is the girls, though. Mm, what do you mean? Well, you see, this happened several years ago up in Brownsville. Agnes was married at the time to a fellow named Matson. Now, one night, Matson took sick. Just a moment. Oh. Can't you do something for me? It's killing me. I can't hear you. I'll send for the doctor. What else can I do? Oh, why don't he get here? How do I know? He should be getting here now. What? I can't stand it. I told you not to eat them oysters. Oh, that's the hard way to talk. You fix them for me. You didn't have to eat them. What time is it? What do you care? You ain't going nowhere. Oh. Come in, Doctor. I come as soon as I can get here. He's over there on the bed. Well, Doctor? This man's your husband's dead. I know it. You know it? Yeah. I had a premonition. Well, sir, they buried John Matson a few days after that. And that death certificate read acute gastritis. Acute gastritis, huh? Yep. Are you thinking of the same thing I am? I'm afraid I am. How about her? Get me District Attorney Weatherford on the phone. What are you going to do? I'm going to get Lynn County officers to dig up John Matson's body. And if I find out what I think I will, I'll ask for a murder complaint against somebody. County went Sheriff Calhoun, hunting the trail of a ten-year-old mystery. Mr. Weatherford will see you now, Sheriff. Thanks, Miss. Come in, Miller. Want to see me? Yep. Got something on my mind, J.K. All right, I'll do what I can to help you. What's up? As district attorney, you've handled practically every case that's come up in this county for some time, haven't you? That's right. You remember old man John Matson? Let me see. He died about ten years ago, didn't he? Just ten years ago, under suspicious circumstances. I don't remember any investigation of his death. There wasn't one. 
That's what I want to get you to do now. Now, let's get to work and get a chemical report on Matson. I've got a hunch he didn't die of acute gastritis. What? It'll take a little time. That's all right. I've got lots of it. Ten years is a long time. Think you'll find anything? Mm-hmm. Unless I miss my guess, we're going to find a whole mess of arsenic. Well, Calhoun, I'm afraid you were right about Matson. That's so? What'd you find out? There's the chemical report. You see. Just as I thought. How'd you happen to suspect arsenic in this case? Well, in the first place, Matson died in September. So what? Lots of people die in September. Right. But he was supposed to have been poisoned by eating oysters. Oysters are safe in September. You got an R in it, eh? Yeah. Besides, the drugstore at Brownsville burned on the night John Matson died. You don't think it was just coincidence? No, I don't. I think it was arson to destroy records. And that might be a little hard to prove after ten years. That's right, too. But it won't be hard to prove that John Matson died of arsenical poisoning. And that his wife was the only person who profited by his death. Right again. In which case, maybe we'd better issue a murder complaint against her, eh? I think so. Meantime, I've got one of my own that I think I'll use. Thus, ten years after he had died, John Matson was brought back to testify against his widow. For chemical tests showed that arsenic did indeed remain as a damning testimony. John Matson was found to have died of acute arsenical poison. Then the glib tongue Jezebel, Agnes Bedford, was arrested. I want to know the meaning of this, Sheriff. I think it's pretty clear even to you, Miss Bedford. What are you arresting me for? Murder. Oh, that's ridiculous. Perhaps. Where'd you get the arsenic you poisoned your first husband? I didn't poison him. Well, it was fortunate for you that the drugstore at Brownsville burned ten years ago and all the records with it. You can't prove anything on me. Maybe not. Just the same, John Matson was poisoned by someone, and you were the only one who could have done it. Is that all you're charging me with? Nope. What else? We're charging you with the murder of Ruth and Dorothy Bedford, your stepdaughter. For heaven's sake, why should I want to murder them? These insurance policies for $2,000 and all might have the efficient motive. You're being funny. Coupled with the fact that you and your stepdaughters never got along, that the father took their part against you, murder's been committed for less. And what did I kill him with, if you're so smart? Arsenic. Oh, you think I'd have signed a book in the drugstore when I bought that arsenic if I'd meant to use it to kill the girl? You can't tell what a woman will do who's already committed one murder. You can't keep on accusing me of that. Besides, take a look at these pictures. Yeah, what are they? Those are enlargements of micro photographs of that box of arsenic you told us fell off the shelf in your cellar. I told you the truth. Not quite. You see, these pictures show no signs of the box ever having struck the floor. It would have been dented in in some place. But this box has never been dropped from any appreciable height. You can't scare me. I'm not trying to. I told you that box broke open when it fell off the shelf and I'll... Stick to it. Yeah, I know. Never mind all that. Take a look at these pictures here. They're microphotographs, too. They show where a knife has been used to cut the top off this box. You can't prove it. I believe you mentioned that before. But I think I can. The chemist report shows that the girls got a large dose of arsenic just a few hours before they died. That was after that box had been opened. Besides all that, you asked Dr. Ross to sign these insurance policies before the girls died. That doesn't prove anything. Except that you knew they were going to die. That's the reason you demanded the audit Because you refused to sign the death certificate. We needed the money for the hospital expenses. You had a more important reason than that. You wanted proof that the girls had been poisoned. You wanted medical proof. Why should I want that? 
Because, according to the records on these policies, you signed them before the girls died. And you gave, as the cause of the death, that which only you knew was correct. I said acute gastritis. Maybe that's what you meant to say. But take a look. You made a mistake. You told the truth. You wrote arsenic. In just a moment, we shall hear concluding facts regarding our program. But before closing our story, remember your friendly gesture to the cast, the sponsor, and me tomorrow. Tell your real grandee dealer that you enjoy calling all cars. Here's a Christmas gesture that I hope will bring you personal satisfaction and make us of calling all cars very happy. Agnes Bedford was brought to trial on March 10th of this year. Two months later, she was sentenced to spend the rest of her life in prison in payment for a crime that did not pay. December Rhapsody. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.